The following podcast is a recreation of recordings from Universe 619. All words, titles, and information are authentic and unedited. As this universe has no bearing on yours, you are welcome to enjoy this as a work of fiction. For any questions relating to the multiverse, your place in it, or the crushing depression of knowing there are other versions of you in other universes currently living a better and more fulfilling life than you, contact multiversal consultant, archivist, and author Lancelot Castle. You can find him and more information at thenashamaseries.tumblr.com. Hi, I'm Ari. Welcome back to Afterlife. Uh, okay, so Dode's missing. He's gone missing. No one's heard from him in a week. Not even Mitchell. We're all really worried about him, so. Uh, sorry if today's just kind of a nervous, disjointed ramble. I'm trying to take my mind off it by doing this. Or maybe figure out what happened to him. I guess I have this ridiculous idea in my head that if I talk over the events of last week, maybe I'll know where he's gone. I know life's not some sort of fictional murder mystery where all the clues are just there for you to figure out, but I don't know. It gives me something to do other than worry, I guess. I think I was stressing everyone else out. I stim even more when I'm nervous, so I was just sitting there, bouncing my legs and rubbing my fingers together, and I think it was a bit much for them. So I'm ready to suggest that I do this recording to take my mind off things. So I'm just going to talk through the time after Halloween, since that's right before he went missing. Uh, I... He got the Halloween recording up a bit late, since he was really busy after the festival trying to catch up on work or something. But I'm talking about the week after the recording went up, not the actual week after Halloween. Sorry, it's a little confusing whenever there's a lag between recording and uploading. But he went missing a week ago. And the week before that was when things started getting a little odd. Uh, the oddness is why I thought maybe talking it over could shed some light on the issue. Sorry, this is really disjointed. I'm just... I feel helpless. My friend's missing, and there's nothing I can do about it. And I'm even less used than the others, because I know nothing about this world and how it works. If he's even still in this world. Alright, so the first thing that was odd was a message he sent to the group chat. They, uh, they got me a phone. Or the world bet equivalent of a phone, at least. I can't really use it for much. It seems like this world's equivalent of a jitterbug smartphone. And I hardly know how it works anyway. But they taught me how to get to our group chat, and that's really the most important thing I need it for. If I'm ever in serious trouble, I can at least let them all know. Mitchell named our chat DJ Mama. I didn't get it until Julia explained that it's an acronym of all of our first names. Daoud, Julia, Mem, Amrita, Mitchell, and Ari. Mitchell's like that. He sees patterns in things that no one else does. I'm like that too, but I see patterns that aren't really there. Things just 
connect in my brain for no explicable reason. But to explain how wonky my brain is would take at least one whole episode, probably, so I'm just going to go back to talking about what happened in the group chat. Dode sent this message asking about laws in Liechtenstein. None of us were really sure what he was on about, but he seemed very insistent on knowing. So Julia pointed him towards a good legal library in Wild Aleph, and he thanked her and then stopped sending any more messages. It wasn't too weird that he stopped talking in the chat. He doesn't really like technology very much. If anyone should have a jitterbug, it's him, honestly. He's always too busy to learn how it works. It's funny. Mitchell's an electrician and dude just doesn't care about technology at all. He acts so old sometimes. I was hanging out with him and Mitchell at one point and we started talking about memes. Mitchell was trying to explain some World Bet memes to me, and I was catching him up on some of the newer World Aleph ones. Or, newer when I was still there. I guess they're probably old memes now. Anyway, we were going through them, and Doe didn't seem to know any memes from either world. So, I asked him about it. My exact words were, Do you know memes, Dode? And he said... <laughs> okay, I'm not making this up. He said, This is a direct quote, I swear. He said, whose memes? So I obviously thought he meant, who do the memes belong to? So I said the internet, and Mitchell said, no, he thinks memes is someone's name. Oh god, <laughs> poor dad looked so confused. I tried to explain to him what memes were, and I gave him some really old examples, um, and the only one he seemed even vaguely aware of was Rickrolling. Not like a meme or anything, he just knew the song. And liked it. Which I guess is fair. Anyway, Mitchell and I tried to give him a brief rundown of what memes are and explain a few simple ones to him, but he's just so... He doesn't know things. He's plenty smart, he just... Well, pop culture just goes right over his head. It's like he's done nothing for the past 20-something years other than learn magic and tell people they're going to die. Honestly, that might be the truth. So Mitchell and I decided to leave him alone and keep talking with each other. I genuinely didn't expect to get along with Mitchell as well as I do. I'm not very smart and I don't understand a lot of things. And my processing isn't that great. Uh, so oftentimes people get a little bored or annoyed talking to me, especially smart people like him, but he's just so nice and patient with me, and he's got such a quick sense of humour. He seems to genuinely enjoy spending time with all of us, though he likes to mess with Adam sometimes and convince it there's a threat outside just to watch it march off all purposefully and then get into a huff when it realises he's joking. The house feels more crowded, in a nice way, now that everyone's here. Amrita, Adam, and Mem are here full-time, while Julia splits her time between here and taking care of her and Mem's cottage. Mitchell comes by whenever he's not working, and up until the past week, Dode was doing the same. I feel a lot better now that there's more people for me to talk to. I feel less like I'm constantly being a nudge to Amrita. And they've all been taking turns teaching me how to play chess. I'm still 
god-awful at it, but it's really fun. And they're all nice to me about how bad I am. I think it's a good confidence boost to beat someone so easily. Oh, speaking of confidence... Okay, you'll see how this relates in a moment. This is another one of those instances of my brain making odd connections. So at breakfast, we were all talking about the group chat name because Mitchell had just made it. But at first, he'd called it Mama DJ. So Mem pointed out that Mama DJ sounded like someone's stage name, and he changed it to DJ Mama. And then Julia goes, that sounds like some kind of awful phone game. And Mitchell goes, oh yeah, you know, you help a mother fulfill her dream of becoming a DJ by selling drugs on the side, but also making sure you don't miss the bass drop. We all kind of laughed a bit at that because it sounded like the kind of thing that would become a phone game. Anyway, as we were talking about it, Dude gives this this kind of look, confused and slightly condescending, and goes, it's pronounced bass. Just <laughs> with full fucking confidence that he's right, just, it's pronounced bass. I don't think I've ever heard someone be wrong with such confidence before, it was truly inspirational. So we had to explain to him what a bass drop was, and also what a DJ was. He had a sort of very vague understanding, but we had to explain most of it to him. But he took it in good humour, at least. I don't think Mitchell would have teased him otherwise. He's very good about not making jokes when he can tell someone sensitive about something. Okay, I'll be honest, I've kind of lost the plot here. What was I supposed to be talking about? Hmm... Oh, right, right, Toad. So, the other weird things he did before he went missing. Uh, he ate his morning cereal the morning he went missing out of a bowl, which wasn't as odd as it sounds because all the glasses were dirty. So I don't really know if that actually counts as him being weird. Oh, he came into my room in the middle of the night, which was really weird. I'd already woken up once because I heard a strange wailing sound outside my window, so I shut the window and tried to go back to sleep. But then I woke up again to the sound of my door opening. I rolled over and tried to ignore it until I heard a loud bang and dode cursing. So I sat up and turned on the light and he was clutching his foot. He'd clearly stubbed his toe on something in the room. He seemed as surprised as I was, and it was clear he was half asleep. He mumbled something about me not being Mitchell, and this being the wrong room, and then he... left. I heard his own door open and close, so I figured he was fine and went back to sleep. I guess it didn't fully register at the time how weird it was, since I was mostly just eager to get back to sleep, but Dode didn't mention it again, and it seemed like Mitchell had slept through the incident. Otherwise, I'm sure he would have teased Dode about forgetting which room was his after living here for so long. Speaking of which, I've learned a bit more about Dode from Mitchell. Not much, but some stuff. Apparently, he's from Southall, and his parents were immigrants. His dad from Pakistan and his mum from India. He comes from a long line of witches who protect Welbet from anyone who might wish to exploit it. He was taught magic from a young age, and he became a seer when he was 18. I thought it was ridiculous to see him predicting deaths now, I 
can't imagine an 18-year-old, barely adult guy coming into my house to tell me I'm going to die. Mitchell says he's been doing it ever since he learned to interpret the tattoos. He doesn't have a job or anything, and no one pays him to do it. He just kind of does his own thing. And he helps out a whole bunch with activist groups and world bets, so most people are willing to give him food and a place to stay, like Amrita does now. I asked Mitchell more about himself after he'd finished telling me about Daoud. I'd realised that during our talk on Halloween, it had been mostly me sharing and him listening. He told me about the issues of growing up half-human and half-fae. His time was always split between the two worlds, and no one really saw him as belonging. It sounded like he had a lonely childhood, but he didn't seem to mind too much. He got an incomplete spinal cord injury when he was a kid, and it left him with minimal movement in his legs. Apparently he'd been climbing a tree and he'd fallen out of it and hit his lower back on a rock. He said his parents took it harder than he did. He was young enough that growing up he didn't really think twice about being in a wheelchair except when other people mentioned it. But his parents were always dragging him off to doctors and healers to see if anyone could fix him with heavy air quotes around fix. It put a lot of strain on their relationship. He knew that they loved him, but he also felt like they weren't learning to love who he was. So he ended up going to trade school fairly young and becoming a magical electrician. He made enough to move out and into his own place, and that somewhat helped his parents come to terms with things. Then he came out and transitioned, and now he's got a fancy new dick and a hot boyfriend. Those, those are his words, not mine. He, that's, that's just how he explained it all to me. He actually told me about how he and Dowd met. Uh, if there's any little ones listening, there will be mentions of alcohol, so... Well, I'd say stop listening, but I think we're well past that point. I've sworn. And made dick jokes. And made vague reference to two adults having consensual sex. Wow, this is very family unfriendly. Fuck. Well, anyway, too late to go back now. So, Mitchell and Daoud met at a gay bar in London. Apparently, Mitchell had been doing a job for some witches who run a store in both worlds on the same location. They wanted everything hooked up together, which took a lot of converters and stuff, since the tech isn't easily compatible. And Dude had apparently arrived late to warning someone of their death and was drinking away his guilt, which was a habit he used to have before Mitchell and Amrita helped him. Anyway, the story was heading in the direction of some meet-cute. Mitchell saw the sad-looking tattooed man across the bar drinking. He made his way over and accidentally bumped into Dode's chair with his own. And then Dode vomited all over him. Yeah. That, um, that's how they met. And somehow Mitchell still decided to date him. <laughs> Apparently Mitchell brought Daoud back to his hotel room, uh, took care of him until he fell asleep, and then woke up Daoud the next morning only to get pinned to the wall and threatened with a pocket knife. Daoud's a real charmer. <laughs> I guess he got a taste of his own medicine for once. Mitchell explained what had happened the night before, and Dode calmed down, and then he asked Mitchell on a date. 
I guess he's always had more confidence than one reasonably should, but Mitchell and I agree that it suits him. I'm actually really glad I got to know Mitchell. He's really fun. And he's not the terrible, jealous kind of boyfriend. He encourages Dode and I to hang out plenty, and he never demands any of Dude's time. Honestly, being in this house is so refreshing. At home, my parents all have healthy relationships, but outside of that, it's hard to find these days. Especially in, like, media and whatnot. But Mem and Julia are polyamorous. Mem and Amrita are amicable exes, and Dude and Mitchell just don't get jealous of each other. It's nice to not have to worry about how I talk to and interact with people just because they're in a relationship. I called Ben beautiful the other day and Julia just agreed and seemed thrilled that other people could see the beauty in Mem like she does. Being bisexual can be hard sometimes, because a lot of people just assume you'll hit on anyone and everyone and don't care about relationships. They call us homewreckers and unfaithful, and that's only if they acknowledge bisexuality at all. It's nice to just be surrounded by other queer people who accept other people's identities. It's comfortable. For once I don't have to feel like I'm justifying myself to anyone, I can just be. And I'm saying this from the privilege of growing up in a queer household. It must be even more relieving for people who didn't. You know, if there's ever a day when I come to record and there's not much to talk about, maybe I'll tell you all about my family. It's a little bit of a wild story. Oh, Mitchell was really sweet the other day. He offered me some of his old binders. He hasn't had top surgery, he just lost a little weight and they were slightly too loose on him, so he thought they might fit me instead. I was really grateful. I... <laughs> felt bad having to explain that I don't bind my chest. Partially it's because of a disability issue. I can bind if I wanted to without hurting myself pretty badly, but mostly it's because I don't get physical dysphoria. I only really get social dysphoria, like when people call me a woman, or a man, though that one's less bad just because I don't get it very often. But since I identify as intersex, well, I say identify, I am intersex, that's all there is to it. But regardless, my physical sex matches up with my gender identity, and I don't really get dysphoria when I look at my body. That's a decently common experience, plenty of trans and intersex people don't feel dysphoria. Anyway, I thought it was really nice of him to offer. What was this recording supposed to be about? I feel like we've gone on so many tangents. Right, Toad. Oh. I guess this succeeded in taking my mind off everything, though. Which... I think is a plus. I don't really think I could have figured out what happened to him just by going through everything. If that worked, we would have figured out where he was by now. All of us have gone through the events of that week so many times. I just... Hope we find him soon. Or... He comes back. Or something happens. It's torture just sitting around and waiting and not knowing where he is or if he's okay. I just... Oh, uh, not to sound like I'm on Love Island or anything, but I've got a text. Um, looks like it's the group 
chat. Oh, fuck. Fuck. Holy shit, it's Dode. Dode sent a message. Okay. Okay, um. Wow. Okay, so he says he's fine. Okay, okay, I'll just read the message aloud to you all so you know what's happening. Hello, friends. Alright, way to sound like an old person, Dode. Sorry I have not been in touch this past week. The funniest thing happened. Okay, I don't think anything can be funny enough to negate all the worrying we did. Anyway, I had to go to the Bahamas to warn someone of their death. I wonder how they took that. But I didn't make it there. I severely miscalculated where I needed to step between worlds and ended up... <laughs> oh god, dude. Oh, I can't believe this. And ended up in the middle of the ocean. Because my phone does not work in that world, I could not contact you. I was too tired to step back into our world, so I used the last of my energy to summon a raft for myself. Oh god, this is really serious. He's really serious. Okay. I ended up floating on my raft for a few days and then getting stranded on an island. I didn't have food or water, so I didn't manage to get the energy to do any more magic. On my fifth day there, I decided to walk further around the curve of the beach and discovered that I had actually made it to... Oh wow, this... <laughs> this is rich. I had actually made it to the Bahamas and just hadn't seen anyone yet. I've only just managed to step back into our world, but I'm now stuck on another continent. Can someone please come and get me? Thank you, Daoud. Wow. He really does text like a grandparent. Anyway, I guess he's fine? I should probably go talk to the others. Though, it's not like I'll be much help. I can't exactly just make my way on over to another continent here or anything. I figure one of the others is probably already on the way to go and get him. I'm just glad it wasn't anything more serious. I mean, getting lost at sea and stranded on an island is serious, but less so, I guess, given the fact that he can do magic and also the island he was stranded on was populated. He just apparently didn't notice, which I'm definitely going to have to ask him about, because how do you not notice a whole population right down the beach from where you are? But I guess all is well now, so I'm going to head off and figure out what's going on with everyone else. But before I go, I'll give you today's advice. More often than not, things aren't as bad as we fear. It's easy to get caught up in our imaginations, thinking about the worst, but that's almost never helpful. I know anxiety and paranoia and worry can all be very difficult to handle, and I know it's much easier said than done, but take a step back, take a deep breath, and think about something else for a while. Sometimes problems just sort themselves out. Let them. <laughs>